Hey there, it's time once again for the Meaningful Measurable Marketing Podcast. I'm Jen Carroll. And I'm Annalisa Hilliard. Together, we are the Dames of Data Dames Marketing. As the Dames, Jen and I are marketing strategy consultants who help our clients align marketing, business goals, and measure results that matter. As longtime friends, we avidly consume and critique all kinds of drinks, spend as much time outdoors as possible, and are always learning. We also strive to stay on top of what's happening in our industry. Our goal with this podcast is to look at today's biggest marketing trends, many requiring enterprise-level teams and budgets to fully implement, and try to apply them in ways that make sense for small to mid-sized businesses. We hope you'll subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. You can connect with Jen and me via our website, datadamesmarketing.com, or on LinkedIn, where we do most of our social media networking. So today, we are going to be talking about GA4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Annalisa, what does GA4 stand for? Google Analytics 4. Uh, it's been around for about a year, and prior to it was Google Analytics Apps Plus Web. Hey. Well, I think Google really outdid itself with this creative name mm-hmm. for, for its new iteration, GA4. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we might be able to blame that on the marketing world. Oh, why? I don't know that it was Google that had the the first swing at it, although it could have been. I don't know. So you think it was kind of like or, or organic? Oh, <laughs> it was kind <laughs> of, a, it was an organic uh, naming process? Potentially. Oh. Well, guess we'll never know. Well, actually, that's not true. Google it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, well, Google has deployed GA4 to better comply with privacy laws and user demands, but the data dames assert that things won't be much different than before. And here's why. So, before we get into the here's why, we are actually I know you're on the edge of your seats, but Yeah, I know. We're we're going to first digress and talk about what are we drinking? I know. <laughs> right. So what are we drinking? Well, we have been drinking Bent Tree Coffee from Kent, Ohio. Well, it's roasted in Kent, Ohio. Right. The coffee's not grown there. Mm, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think most people could take a, <laughs> could, uh, could figure that could out. Use. Yeah. Yeah. So locally roasted and our favorite Bent Tree Coffee is? Ethiopian Guji. Mm. It is delicious. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of our go-tos right now is uh is the Ethiopian Guji. So thank you Bentree for some excellent coffee. As an extra added bonus today, um in an extra what are we drinking today? It is almost 12 o'clock on a Friday and I decided that it was time to finish my last Great Lakes Brewing Co Conway's Irish Ale. I had one left. It only comes out in the spring. When she needs to be funny. Oh, wait. oh which is oh, never. Yeah, we're not talking about the beer that comes out when <laughs> we podcast. We're talking about Irish. Irish, yes. Conway's Irish right. Ale. Mm-hmm. It is uh, my favorite Great Lakes and actually one of my favorite beers of pretty much all time. What I'm drinking is high quality H2O. Oh, what would you be drinking? That's, that's a, a reference, by the way. Waterboy. Oh, Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, anyway, I watched that movie no, once. What I would be drinking, mm-hmm. aside from water. Because she really wants to complain about this. 
there is a cider company, I believe it's out of Michigan, it's called Down East, and they make some good ciders. I had gotten a grapefruit cider in a pick six pack, and I was out of the office on business. (laughs) Sure enough, uh, when I got home later, I went to get the cider, and it was missing. So, I don't know if the dogs drank it or if it fell on the floor or if it teleported somewhere. Well, but, um, it was really good, by the way. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when you returned to the office and discovered it was missing, I was caught red-handed. True confession. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't. Mm, I didn't realize it was like special. I shouldn't Have touch it. Have you ever it. seen a grapefruit cider before? Well, okay. That's pretty special. Okay, true, true. But I, I yeah, I just, okay. I just really wasn't thinking. All right, thinking. well, moving on. All right, moving on. I'll, I'll bring it up later. Okay. She's actually. Off air. Yeah, she's actually brought it up probably 20 times since that happened. Okay. Hope you learned your lesson. So let's move on to our small business shout out. Um, and today it's, we're not actually going to shout out a small business. We are going to shout out a great nonprofit here in Canton called Lighthouse Ministries. Uh, we actually support Lighthouse with a lot of different things related to website and although their website. Um. <laughs> yeah, so basically don't go to their website and think that we actually created the website. Yeah, that's really important to know. <laughs> but uh, stay tuned on on that front this year. That's but not fair. It's not the worst website. No, no. Just on the back end. <laughs> and it needs some it needs some mobile help. <laughs> but the Lighthouse Ministry is a fantastic group of folks. Um, we love what they do in Southeast Canton. Um, they have been, for the past 20 years, deeply embedded in the community they serve. So the folks who actually work at the ministry live in that part of the city, and they really have developed relationships with the community. And that's just the best way we feel to, to go about that kind of nonprofit work. So kind of on the, in the news, they're uh, starting a branch of Bethel University there at the Lighthouse Ministry called BU Canton. It's well, that's not B.O. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. No one would want to go to that. <laughs> All right, we're not t- we're not going to instruct them at all on branding. Right. I'm pretty sure Bethel University has had that name for quite a long time. But anyway, BU Canton is affordable. It's local. It's it's just a great program for those who are maybe have a more challenging time going to college and and getting, yeah, getting the finances too. Right. Yeah. So it's a great program. We're excited that it's here, and uh, hopefully, we at some point will have an intern. From from BU Canton. That's our that's our. You hope. can learn more about the Lighthouse and the BU program on the Lighthouse website, which is cantonlighthouse.org. Cantonlighthouse.org. Well, let's get back to the premise of today's show, which is I will give everybody a, a reminder that Google has deployed GA4 to better comply with privacy laws and user demands, but things won't be much different. And now we're going to get to the here's why. Even though GA4 will no longer collect data at the individual level, a ton of historical data already exists. Annalisa, this is definitely your bailiwick. 
Why does it matter that a ton of historical data already exists? Well, to give a little background, the original Google Analytics was upgraded to universal Google Analytics, which is what the platform that we use now. And in that hop between the two, there was like 15 years that the current iteration of Google Analytics has been around. And so obviously they've improved the platform, but all of that time they've been collecting data. That data has been... Creepy data? Yeah. So (laughs) in order to act, obviously to, to access your historical data, they have to house that data somewhere. Just think about if you've been into the back end of your analytics and can understand how you can change the date range to see back as far as you installed... Google Analytics, let's just say it's five years. It has five years of data, collecting data every day, every hour, every minute for every page of your website. So didn't you get tell me some statistic the other day, something like 20% of web content or something is actually Yeah, so Google. the bandwidth of the internet, um, 25% actually of the bandwidth of the internet is uh, used up by Google Analytics. Wow. I mean, that to me, that just like, That blows my mind right there. So, okay, so this is great. They're not collecting individual level data. Everybody's excited, but they have all this historical data. Uh, So in other words, you feel like they're going to continue to use all that individual data because it's not like anybody's making them erase it. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, actually, they are going to want to get rid of that data and not have to store it. Oh, okay. But I think what they've done is they've used machine learning Mm. and trained AI with that data. And so they're not starting at square one with those things. And so those those will factor into the new methods of tracking. And I should say that Google Analytics 4 currently is very stripped down and they will be obviously continuing to kind of work on it in beta right now. Um, Yes, you can install it on your site, but I wouldn't transition from your current analytics platform to GA4 yet. I would say it probably will be a year or so until Google starts talking about transitioning. And yeah, so I would collect, I mean, you can collect data in Google Analytics 4 and I would would advise doing that, but I would also continue to collect data with uh, Universal Analytics. Oh, both the same time. Now, you know, people, some people are marketers, maybe specifically are upset that cookies are going away. So I mean, who isn't? <laughs> but we I all like chocolate chip cookies. I know, right? I, know, right? That's, I want cookies. That's cookie so, monster. I know that joke about cookies. Okay. So what, I guess you want to, can, can we talk to that a little, speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So obviously Google and other search engines, or I should say analytics platforms, um, use cookies when a user visits your site. And so now you'll probably see, you've probably been seeing a lot of sites, like you'll get that privacy message um, where it's like opt into cookies. Well, that was kind of a temporary fix in the last year or so, and it won't be needed in the future because most browsers, or I should say all browsers, Chrome hasn't yet, but they've said that they are going to, I believe in 2022, totally get rid of using cookies. So cookies was was able to track users at an individual level. 
it would assign you an ID when you came and then it, it could collect various data that way. Okay, so they're not going to collect it on an individual level using cookies. They're going to collect it how? They're going to use groups. I, again, I think they're going to take it from what they've gathered already with machine learning and AI using the data that they have historically for anyone that's installed analytics on their website. So you'd just be like, it's kind of like being in a in a crowd or being that's that's the idea right behind it you're right you're, so they have so much data that they have been able to essentially group people into by behavior by yes, okay by, by behavior by behavior i believe okay. uh, again all of this stuff is just kind of new and so there isn't a ton of information out about it yet, and they're still working on evolving the platform. So, but it's it's definitely supposed to get away from the individual tracking using cookies and ensuring people that you know they they have more privacy. Mm-hmm. Except that they really like that idea that you know their shopping cart remembers that they put you know a rug in sure. there the other day. There's and- obviously good things to. Having targeted tracking, but and cookies, you know, and is it is it good? Does the good outweigh the bad? I guess we'll see. Right. Time will tell. Tell. So, so, okay, we're you know again we're we're saying that yeah, this whole new platform is 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 out and in beta, and it's going to better comply with privacy laws and user demands. Things won't be much different. And the second reason for that is. GA4 promises to minimize analytics setup out of the box, but you're going to contend, Annalisa, that marketers won't see much time savings. Why is that? Yeah, so they'll they'll say, you know, you don't have to set up XYZ anymore. For, and when you like, say set up. For, for goals, you don't okay. have to set up goals or you don't have to set up events because it's actually based on, instead of the current analytics is based on page views and sessions. Hmm. The Google Analytics 4 will be based on events. And so all like events. Event, go ahead. Like an event is like somebody. A click. A click. Okay. It could be as simple as a, a click, click. A scroll. Maybe as big uh, as filling out a, a form. A video watch. Yep. A, a form fill. Mm-hmm. So it's already collecting all of the events. But you have to go into each event and set parameters to really get get any insights on those events. So right now, like, if you just go into the platform, say you've collected data for a while, which I've installed on our clients' websites, and, you know, I have a couple months' worth of data, and I can go in there and see there were X number of clicks. So what? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no other surrounding data that's already there. Right. I think you told me that out of the box, there's, like, some kind of, like, generic reporting, but it was a lot of so what kind of stuff. Right. So I feel like people perceive data analytics as one of those really technical and challenging kind of things to to work with. And here we're kind of getting this promise that, yeah, out of the box that this is going to be way easier. But again, you're saying not so fast. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, a lot of people currently using like Google Analytics, if, if you've just recently started, you're like, well, hey, the Google Analytics, uh, Universal Analytics is, is great. Why are we, you know, why are we moving in this direction? Obviously the privacy thing. But to get it to that point, they had to do a ton of, you know, evolutions of the platform. And and marketers really were part of that. They would have calls with marketers and they would just like kind of walk through the platform and say, hey, how do you use this? 
you know, what is this? What do you need? Essentially, they, you know, they want to be a product that marketers use and that businesses find helpful. So I think it will evolve. I know they're rolling out new things every week or two. They're adding kind of new capabilities, new reports, things like that. So, But at the bottom line is you're still going to need lots of knowledge and skill to, yes. to set this up. Oh, yeah, don't. I think it's still going to be a huge learning curve for most people, especially if you don't have, well, actually, I would say if you if you can start going in there now and just kind of mm -hmm. clicking around, that's probably going to be the best. It's not anything like the current Google Analytics. So even if you if you feel like, oh, I'm a pro, I mean, there might be some some helpful things and just kind of understanding how Google sets things up, but it's very different. Well, heads up, folks. If you thought that maybe this was going to make it simpler, it's just plain, sounds like it's just plain different and still need knowledge and skill to, to assist in this area. Okay, so our third reason why we assert that things aren't going to be much different with GA4, and that is that Google and other tech companies haven't changed their business model. So, you know, they they sell our attention. They're, they're essentially, that's that's what... Google does and Facebook and all the others, they're, they're selling our attention. So ad outcomes will be similar, if not better, because that's their bread and butter. Just like I said, I mean, obviously they want to have a platform that businesses and marketers use and find helpful because at the end of the day, that's how they, like I said, that's how they make their money. If you're not getting as good of return on your ads, they could lose huge revenue. Mm -hmm. um, and so they have a lot of, of reason to make sure that it's still something that people find valuable. Right. And, you know, we know that tech companies in general have been investing in all kinds of ways to keep on their particular platform. I mean, that's that's because they can show people more ads. They can sell more attention the longer that you're on their platform, the more ads that they can show you. So again, this until they change that business model, until they come up with another way to make their millions and billions, they're going to make sure that still works. I guess so just to just to summarize, yes, Google Analytics 4 is out. It has been actually for a while, but it's meant to better comply with privacy laws and user demands. But from our vantage point here at Data Dames, please don't expect to see things be a whole lot different. Now, the interface itself, different. But in terms of, like our first point was, yep, they're going to get away from collecting data at the individual level, but they've still got years and years of historical data that they can, they can draw from. Machine learning, AI, all that stuff. Again, the idea that that this is going to be way easier to set up out of the box. Nope, not really. You're still going to need a lot of knowledge and skill to set up GA4. And finally, that, you know, the business model itself hasn't changed. So while we can rejoice, I think that less individual data is being collected. I mean, I, I personally feel good about that. I know that they're still selling, still selling my attention. That's, that's what they're selling. And they're going to make sure that that is going to be lucrative. And, you know, obviously we work with clients who want to buy search engine ads and I get it. And, you know, we're not here to say like, oh, all advertising is bad. Or I certainly would say I like it actually when I get an ad that is, well, like, like is a strong term, but when an ad is relevant to me, I appreciate that. Sometimes, especially if it's a product I wasn't aware of and might actually fit a need. For. But again, overall, 
we can expect to still see somehow that's, that's still going to be what's happening out there. Search engine ads and Facebook ads and all the other ads. So our final segment is one of my favorites. What are we learning or what's bringing us joy? And Lisa, do you want to share first? What, uh, what are you learning? Yeah, so what I'm learning, I'm reading a book called Golden Gates, Fighting for Housing in America. And it is about the housing crisis, specifically in San Francisco. I think it, it definitely has application for all of the United States. Why is this kind of on your mind? I mean, I, obviously, I, I feel like I've been affected by the the cost of housing, especially as a single person, and not being able to save for down payment as housing prices rise mm-hmm. yeah. um, while paying off school loans and other bills. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of on my mind that way. And certainly I feel like I have advantage over over other people. And there's people out there that struggle even more so with not having the means to have an asset like a house. So, And then the other thing that I have been enjoying, I just repotted a bunch of my house plants like a week ago. And I'm already seeing growth, so that's cool. Yeah, I I have about mm, 30 houseplants, maybe. (laughs) So I guess you could say I live in a jungle. Yeah, don't. Yeah, it's not just a little corner. A solarium. Yeah. 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 30 houseplants. How do you find time for all your houseplants? I just make. Do you time. give them love? I mean, it's like kids. How do you find time for kids? You just make okay, houseplants. Right? So kids, houseplants. Yeah, kids. I mean, I get oh, up, wait. I get, see. I don't have to drive them to like sports and <laughs> extracurriculars, but you just. Have I to, do talk to them. Yeah, and I do like. Does that help? It I does. hear it helps. I it mean. does. I think it does. Do you name them? Yeah, I, although <laughs> I can't keep thirty names straight, so just uh, a couple of them. Okay, right, which houseplant? are you the most proud of? I have a cactus that when I got it like five years ago, it was maybe three inches tall. Wow. And now it's like bitty cactus. Now it's probably three or four feet tall. Whoa. Okay, folks, I have seen this cactus. It is very impressive. Yes. Stanley. Oh, Stanley. Yeah. I don't think I knew you had an, I yeah. don't think you knew you named it. I didn't oh. till just now. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. It's a, it's a podcast first. Yeah. She named the plant. All well. right. So on to you, Jen. Okay. What have you been learning and what's been bringing you joy? Uh, so I have been Overachieving. On. Oh, uh, never. Actually, I don't overachieve anymore. Thanks, COVID. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I have been Getting into the Clubhouse app a bit. I've been I've been on there for a while. I do I do hop on daily. For those of you who don't know about Clubhouse or haven't been on there yet, Clubhouse is kind of an innovative social media app. It kind of reminds me of some kind of crazy mix between traditional radio and podcasting and like conferences and seminars. So somehow the intersection kind of sits at the intersection of those three things. So when you, see people, when you hop, like, is it video? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's all audio. It's a, it's a totally audio based app. And you, when you, when you get into it, you, oh, so uh, that's good. I can be like taking a shower while I 
listen uh, to Clubhouse. <laughs> you could be. You, yeah. If, you if, can't do that on Zoom. I mean, you no, that, you no, shouldn't please do, that do not do that on Zoom. Um, so when you, when you get onto the, the platform, they, they call their talks rooms and you know, you, they all have various topics and you can jump into a room audio only. And there's a quote unquote stage. There's people who are is presenting. It just, is it just marketing? It's live. No, it's not. It's, it's subjects of all kind. Although I have a comment about that toward the end uh, about just marketing or just whatever. But, um, so you jump in and there's generally a few people on the stage there maybe have some level of expertise on this topic and they're, and they're talking and then you can see everybody else in the room who is just listening. And then Sometimes you, you as a listener can jump up on stage and share your expertise or whatever, you know, and it's live. That's the key. That's like old radio, right? So you've got like so essentially something going on live. you can't go back to it. Right. Well, some of them I do see now are announcing when they record. So some, some of these talks are being recorded, but for the most part, they're happening in real time and people are on the app simultaneously. It's not asynchronous. So, so many of our social media apps are, you know, you check in whenever you have time and, and you just kind of jump in on the written conversation usually whenever you have a moment. Um, this, is, this is live and synchronous and uh, not recorded in most cases. And you had asked earlier about, is it just marketers? No, I mean, there's... There's people from all backgrounds there and all different interests. And I'd say probably one of the best things about the Clubhouse app that I noticed immediately is it really clearly appeals to minorities. So we have a lot of African-Americans, you know, sharing their knowledge and thoughts. And I've seen people from a wide range of minorities really adopting this early. So that's really nice because that means the conversation isn't so typical and I guess one-sided in terms of like, who has the who has the stage? I would say though the biggest problem I have with Clubhouse is the lack of it being a asynchronous because honestly I a lot of the conversations I want to jump in on mm-hmm. are going on while I'm at work or I'm doing something else and I can't like a podcast unlike a podcast I can't go back and, and listen to it at my leisure so that's one of the biggest reasons that I don't really participate as much and jump in on it certainly there's a lot of great strategies going on around around Clubhouse. That wraps up another episode of Meaningful, Measurable Marketing. If you manage marketing, sales, customer service, or operations for a growing small business, we hope you found this podcast helpful. Any tool, resource, or article we reference can be found in the show notes for this episode. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast or left us a review, we hope you'll do both today. I'm Jen Carroll. My co-host, Annalisa Hilliard, and I are marketing strategy consultants, Together, we are the Data Dames of Data Dames Marketing. Learn more about us at datadamesmarketing.com.